Bebop. Welcome to Artist Bebop number 31, the weekly ramble, where I take a timer and ramble for 22 minutes. Here we go. Interesting week. Long week. Short week. I don't know. Time is so strange. <laughs> so, ADHD-wise, I've learned that a person with ADHD can sometimes have no sense of time. And I'm becoming very aware of that. <laughs> Somebody asked me earlier about a time-lapse video. Yeah, how long was the actual video? And I couldn't answer because I, I don't know. It's filmed, they, they asked how fast is the original film, but those are time-lapses, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, and I don't have a sense of that. I, if I had to estimate, the painting that they were asking about was between 5 and 30 minutes. <laughs> it's weird. And like the other day I was waiting for an appointment and I said, I'll, I'll work on this real quickly on my phone. And when I looked up, like, the time had elapsed so quickly. It was weird. So, I guess I'm thinking about time today. <laughs> it was a weird week because I had... So, temperatures were in the hundreds. And I mail stuff pretty daily, thankfully. And it was so hot in Texas that one of the paintings adhered itself to some of the cardboard. <laughs> Which is a bummer. But, and, and weird that it's, it's that hot. That's usually not an issue, but there you have it. <laughs> so, if it, I don't know, I'll have to think about things in terms of, of extreme heat like that, I guess. I have some ideas on how to package differently, I guess. But it's just, uh, it was nice because, or it is nice, I have a rhythm on how I ship, but I might have to rethink that. We'll see. So, and I'm worried that I'm going to get word back on other packages. But, I don't know. So that was weird. Then it was a long, short week. Is that what I said? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I was just babbling. I was thinking about the name, or the weekly ramble. And really, what this is, is it is bebopping, 
but I think if I said the weekly bebop, I, it sounds like I'm going to sing jazz or something. But I guess, I don't know. I, I kind of put this together and it's just formed organically. It's a lot of my process, I guess. I remember how I learned to swim. We went to a pool. I jumped in. My parents freaked out until they realized I was paddling around. <laughs> I remember that moment. I had no idea what I was doing, but I wasn't afraid for some reason. And that's how I learned to swim. So... But that goes back to the ADHD stuff. Impulsive. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's good, good, bad stuff, I guess. Because I, I don't, especially in terms of creating, I don't have that block. It's just, it's not there. Which, which is, a good feeling for me. It gives me the feedback I need. <laughs> so. I, I see how I ended up this way. With all this art. But it, it, it's strange. It's a strange journey. Yeah, earlier I was writing about. My time in the nightlife, I was a nightlife photographer for a stretch there. <laughs> it seemed like a long time. I don't know. I don't know how many years it was. It, it, I lived a lot. And I lived to tell about it. <laughs> That's, it's funny because I, I was thinking about, just, I tell stories. And some of them from nightlife, but there's so many I don't tell. And there, you know, everybody has that. You can, or hopefully. <laughs> but I don't know, I was thinking about those stories. Where did they go? <laughs> like the dead letter office. I love that that concept of the dead letter office, which I learned when I read Bartleby the Scrivener, Herman Melville. And if you don't know that short story, check it out. But it's about a guy who works at the dead letter office where all the mail that gets stranded, it goes to this office. So I think that's where stories that shall never be told go. <laughs> The dead story office. I don't know. But it, it, it was funny because I, I was writing about DJing and how I, I grew to really appreciate it when I was in the nightlife. But what was funny about writing that 
was I was remembering or I remember that here I were it I <clears throat> I'm stammering here. I I worked the nightclubs. That era where I worked the nightclubs was I don't know. It was like a It sounds harsh, but a purgatory. I was kind of trans that's where I really transitioned my career from photography to paint. And it was just this feeling that something wasn't right. The photography wasn't giving me what I wanted. When I got into it, it was dark room and making things with my hands and this whole magical process that digital killed. And I, I still like photography, but it wasn't the medium I wanted to use. And so I was, <laughs> I ended up working these strange gigs and it was fun at first. And then with time, it got monotonous because I was working six, seven nights a week. And that's where the DJ became important to me because if the DJ was good, then I was having a good time. Even if these were the same songs, if the DJ was good, they at least played them well. Which I don't think a lot of people understand about what a DJ does. It's not just pressing, it's the way things sound. I think the clearest example of that was the probably the last nightlife. It was a it was the last nightlife gig I had was glitter karaoke in Houston. And so they they had karaoke and I'd gone up there before and I really didn't think about it, just goofing around. But then they got a new DJ who was, well, I didn't know much about him. So I, I go, I go do my song. And when I came off the stage, I approached him and I said, you, you know, sound. And he smiled. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a producer. And it just made me laugh. I was, I told him that's the first time I could hear myself up there. And that's because he had that understanding of how to play sounds. So it's not just an iTunes mix. That's, I guess I had never thought about it too in depth, even up to that point. I knew that I liked certain DJs and wanted to work those nights because it made my time more oh, bearable, to be honest. <laughs> if there was a bad DJ, that was a bad night. And I felt like the photographs were bad because I wasn't feeling it. The crowd wasn't feeling it. Bad times. It's important. This has become a DJ ramble. That's okay. 
I like DJ. <laughs> but the the uh, the point of that tangent. It's all a tangent. This is the weekly tangent. But the point is that or what I was getting at is I would just sit there and and think a lot of the time because it was really mindless work just taking pictures of people and making it wasn't completely mindless you, you my job was to make things look interesting even if it was a slow night where nothing was happening it had to look like it was a big party and that's why I got hired a lot, was understanding that narrative. But during, it was like usually two hour gigs. And as these same songs are playing and watching <laughs> the visual spectacle of drunkenness for the most part, I, uh, I, I would just sit there and think. <laughs> and I would think about why, why I wasn't enjoying photography anymore. And it wasn't like, it wasn't these gigs. I was still doing my art stuff, but it just wasn't what I got into it for. And working commercially. But all of that, all of that thinking was good because it redirected my path in a lot of ways. Just sitting there and thinking, thinking about happiness a lot. What, what, what does it take? Because I didn't know at that moment until, until I started leaning into paint and I realized that the medium wasn't right. And I especially think about that a lot now because I guess there's been a few transitions in my career. When I was younger, the written word, that's what I had. So that's what I would do. I would write like short fiction poems, but it wasn't enough for me. It wasn't immediate enough. And so I transitioned into pictures and then that wasn't enough. <laughs> but here's the thing. Those were choices. Well, they, they I, I guess, the photography transition was a choice because of changes that were occurring. The, the going from darkroom to digital, that wasn't the animal that I got into it for. So it was a choice. And I guess that is what I am carefully looking at with AI. When we talk AI, it's not a, it's not a matter of ego for me. If a machine can replicate my career, so be it. 
but how do I remain an artist? And I think I'm stating these things in different ways, but it's the same, that's that same core thought. How do I remain an artist? Whether, I don't know, I, I, I'm not interested in debating whether or not that could happen. To me is if it, if it happens, which I think it could, then, then what? How do I keep doing my thing? It's what I was sitting in those clubs thinking about for all those hours, that idea of happiness. If AI messes with the current happiness I get from my studio, my creation, How do I maintain or evolve so that I can continue to do what I, I want to do? That made me think about someone I, I've been writing daily and it, it's so nice that anybody reads those really, but I, I feel I just feel gracious, but uh, a few people started kvetching about how people probably don't read this and they, they the, the, the truth of it is no one as a creative, no one owes you attention. <laughs> and that's something that I learned very early was that to a large degree, we are entertainment. Artists are entertainers. This spectrum of it is different. The expressive art is different because it's not, and it, it varies on what level or not level, but there's different frequencies you can make art on. Even when I'm doing pop art, it's part of why I'm writing about it. I, it's not just like, here's, here's Elmo. <laughs> For me, it's, it's more than that how I put Elmo together. What, and, and yeah, it's Elmo, but there's this other thing behind it. The way I want to make it, the way I want to put Elmo back out there. It's, it's charged. I'm losing myself in my, my ramble here. It happens, but We'll get it back. <laughs> but the, the, the point I was driving at is no, nobody owes you that attention. It's your responsibility as an artist to engage the audience, to make them interested in what you're doing. And that's, that's a hard sell because especially if you're getting philosophical and 
putting these other levels to it. It's different than what is generally thought of as entertainment. It's not that it's, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't ever like feeling snooty about it. It's just to me, it's dialogue and it's a different lingo than what is considered entertainment on a mass consciousness. Or even other mediums, maybe it's just easier to, to process. It makes me... <laughs> uh, I have this mentor, and God, he's funny. I love him, but there is a lot of sarcasm and... I think I had to learn to to not emulate that. I don't think sarcasm is sarcasm's kind of an easy thing, and it's just it comes out of bitterness, and I don't want to be that, but <laughs> remembering this story, we were exhibiting in this interior design place and he looks at this painting and it's got $10,000 on it or something. And he says, I, I get it. I can sell it to my client. They don't have to think about anything. It's $10,000. That seemed harsh, but yeah, that's... <laughs> That's, that's easy. That's easy for, and it's not, a, to me, it's not a criticism. It's just, that's, most people just want to, okay, we're going into overtime. Most people just want to enjoy things. Someone like me is asking my viewers to think. That's a big ask. What I like about what I do, especially art-wise, or um, pop art-wise, is it can be just that. The recognizable character can be just that. But I like that I can put that other layer behind it. That, that's cool to me. That's a good time. I, I really got into that ramble. That should have been a 44-minute one. <laughs> I stammered there a little bit. I'm a little tired. I, my, um, my fancy gear wasn't charged up, so... It is nearing 5 a.m. <laughs> In case you're curious. But I think we'll end there. Thank you for tuning in. And this is exciting. I got a project with my brother coming up. Another podcast. But so watch out. I won't spoil it. All right.
I will see you next time. Welcome to my world, El Santos world. Bebop.